Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to the Trek Culture Podcast. I am, of course, your host. I am joined, of course, by my co-host, the wonderful, the sparkling, the semi-transparent Tom Roberts Finn, you lovely man. And this week we are joined once again by the human embodiment of Moopsie herself. It's Ellie Littlechild. How are you? Um, I don't know whether I should be offended or flattered. <laughs> Moopsie. <laughs> uh, so we, we all agreed now we have our new overlord and our overlord's name is Moopsie. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, how are we all? We all good? Everything's great. Happy Star Trek. Happy Star Trek. Yeah, happy Star Trek, man. <laughs> is that a saying? I, I mean, if, if it isn't, it should be. Happy okay. Star Trek to you. Happy Star Trek to you. <laughs> happy Star Trek. Bye. Yeah, happy Star Trek. I mean, it is happy Star Trek because... It wasn't. It was only about two weeks ago when we were saying it was just me, Sean, saying there's nothing happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But we knew that things would be, and now everything's happening at once. So um, very. Would happy. you say? Would you say it's everything everywhere all at once, Tom? Would you say that? No. Let's talk about the hot topic of the week. <laughs> So we got three episodes of Star Trek dropped this week. And I can see from the looks on your faces, you're like, did I miss one? Uh, one was three and a half minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Right. There, okay. there, there, there we go. Yeah. So um, I like, so Lower Decks, they dropped two episodes, the first two episodes of season four. Um, now, I like, Presumably, yeah, people have probably probably watched the ups and downs already. Where I where I aged Chris horribly. I have to make a public <laughs> apology again. So the first uh, ups and downs, the premiere. I was a bold boy and I was away for the night. But I thought, I know, I'll bring my little travel green screen. No one will know the difference. Narrator voice, but they did know the difference yeah. because. Apparently, the lighting was different in the room, and I should have ironed the sheet first. And the, and look, there was many, many things went into this. So, this public apology, Chris, I'm sorry. 
And that's why in the second ups and downs, I'm just standing in front of a white wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was wondering that. For yeah. people listening, I have to edit both Ellie and Sean in front of a green screen. And the most annoying part of my daily life is doing those bloody green screens. Because if if one light is slightly off than it normally is for some reason, it makes the whole thing a huge nightmare. So I, I don't I, I feel very bad for Chris. <laughs> it's true like so every now and again like in case anyone ever wonders like you know why does tom play the role of the grumpy editor <laughs> because we give him so much material yeah i am the grumpy editor but the good news is that we've had two episodes of lower decks yeah. to talk about <laughs> uh yeah so i mean people have heard my thoughts um tuvix what did we think ellie you know the way you famously hate voyager uh-huh yeah can't stand it it's the worst Star Trek ever made. <laughs> no, um, we had a little bit debate before we started recording as to whether I should admit this or not. But Lower Decks is one of the Star Trek shows that I haven't seen very much of as of yet. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so when you guys said to me, can you can you come onto the pod and talk about these episodes? I was like, you do know that I don't know much about Lower Decks, right? But then it's a Voyager episode. So I was like, sure, sure. Do you know what? You've convinced me. I'll do it. What a hardship. I'll watch it. <laughs> um, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. I very much enjoyed the Voyageriness of it. 20 minutes of Voyager references. I yeah. I can't imagine I mean, you would not enjoy that. <laughs> I mean, as soon as the Voyager theme started playing, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I got very excited. And it did not disappoint. Just more and more things kept popping up. I was like, oh, look, there's that. Oh, look, there's that. And then, I, yeah. oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's that as well. <laughs> that was me the whole 20 minutes, <laughs> 25 minutes. How long are they? 25 minutes? Something How like did that. You get a job? How did you get a job on track culture? <laughs> anyway, I don't know. So, uh, uh, no, bribery. Don't even, yeah, well, listen. I mean, whoever says bribery doesn't work. Um, Tom, what did you think? Why was it the best episode ever? And how many more episodes of Two Vicks would you like them to make? Um... Two Vix more episodes. No, hey. uh, <laughs> no, I did have a good time. Um, I've been looking forward to Lower Decks since we got sort of towards the end of uh, Strange New Worlds. Just I wanted a different flavor of a show. I wanted something that was, you know, Strange New Worlds does a lot of comedy and farce and stuff, but Lower Decks, like it's built into the show. It's literally what the show is. Um, so I was like, cool. This this is going to be fun, and it was. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this now before we get to the end of it. I don't I don't really know how to rate the show. I it's think that's a, a really good point. It's such a different show. I I yeah. do think our ratings like there's going to be like high scores for lower decks where you're like you're, you're rating that the same way you rated the crossover or the same way you rated the musical or something. Yeah, and we're just like yeah because I really enjoyed it. So uh, disclaimer. We don't have a clue what we're doing here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think the opposite for me, I think I'm going to have scores that people are going to think are really low, but they're actually not. They're, it's mm. just, it's me trying to find a good balance at the beginning of this season to be like, hey, I really like this. Um, but, you know, Lower Ducks, Lower Ducks, that's a different Ooh, show. Lower, de- <laughs> Lower, Lower Decks does a completely different thing than what most Star Trek shows do do um so i'm kind of finding a balance at the beginning of what lower decks is 
and then from further on you know there might be it might do something slightly different in terms of tension or emotion or comedy or whatever that's going to make it a different kind of score so but with with that being said i had a good time hey <laughs> excellent episode four <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i mean like just for for all the references i mean lower decks this this is what lower decks does and does well is yeah. easter eggs and does references and everything uh i think we got up to like 80 uh easter eggs in this nice. this episode alone um and it was just an absolute hoot. Uh, I can unfortunately dispel some rumors for Neelix enthusiasts out there. Because uh, I do remember I was I was watching it first time around. I was like, is that Ethan Phillips? It is, in fact, not Ethan Phillips who voiced the Rigelian curator, much as we would have loved to have him back. But fear not, Neelix fans, for he may be returning sooner than you think. Ooh. But it was somebody else, Tom, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was uh, when I was watching it. I kept moving my mouse because I was used to watching it on Amazon, and it would just show you who was voicing the actor at the time. Of um, course, yeah, yeah. So I kept doing that, and then nothing was coming up. Um, but it was as soon as I heard their voice, I was like, "Oh, I know who that is." And it's going to really bother me. But I figured it out. It was Andy Richter, uh, who is anyone who watched Conan O'Brien. Uh, I said I was about to say back in the day. It wasn't that long ago when the show stopped, but. Uh, Andy Richter was his sort of co-host sidekick on on uh, Conan O'Brien, and he has a very distinctive voice. But he has that kind of, you know, I don't know how to voice like balloon voice that you could imagine would be Ethan Phillips because it kind of has this thing up here. Um, so I can I can see why people would probably think that. But no, it was Andy Richter. I was also wondering, and maybe this is a hot topic we shouldn't go into so much. How many guest stars are we going to be seeing? on star trek not just not just lower decks but also the short short treks because of what's going on at the moment in terms of strikes are they going to be doing animation because it's they can is that mm. the case <laughs> don't know i think i saw somewhere that well we know obviously ethan peck has done a voice so far uh ethan phillips the ethan's return <laughs> um and i'm 90 percent sure Jonathan Frakes is going to be appearing because I think there there is you know the law of Frakes all roads lead to Frakes when it comes to Star Trek which I yeah. I am not upset about in any way um, love me a bit of Frakes in Star Trek <laughs> yeah that was something that <clears throat> I was kind of expecting in this episode though and there wasn't was poten- the potential for returning voices like Voyager voices. And as I said, I'm not entirely sure if that's something that Lower Decks does much, um, but I was kind of waiting for some, in some way, a, a a captain's log, or in some way, one one or more of the OG characters in voice form returning in some form. And and even those characters that we did have, you know, we had Chaotica, we had the Clown, we had Michael Sullivan. Not even any of them were the original voices. Was a bit disappointed by. <laughs> I, I was having that thought like quite early on. I was like, who are we going to get? Like and surely we're gonna get someone, and then I was like, we're gonna get Kate Mulgrew, we're gonna get some Janeway, but then I thought with Prodigy, I just don't imagine we're gonna get her here as well. I don't know why. That's just what my brain told me. Unless you're Jonathan Frakes, you're gonna get one in one or one in the other. You're not gonna get them in everything. (laughs) So I just after a while, I was like, I don't think we're gonna get anything. And then it reminded me of Picard season three when we got the holograms. I was like, oh, it's the holograms like they did in Picard season three when we all thought. 
um, Moriarty was returning, and he kind of did, but not really. Um, and I think they did it better in this. Like it was more a part of the actual episode that didn't feel like sort of shoehorned in. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And God, there were some good funny jokes in this, but yeah. like, <laughs> I, I, I love as well, like, the, 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 I love the deep cut that was, ah, here's the clown. And Pointer goes, that wasn't even a hologram on I love that because it's just like, yeah, okay, technically shouldn't be there, but also, is anyone sad the clown was there? Yeah. No. Uh, I love and the I, clown. That's a brilliant episode, the Thor. Terrifying episode in some parts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I um I something I liked about this episode is and Ellie, you probably had this I can imagine you had this feeling. Understanding all the references really made me feel good. And I, I actually got it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I obviously I know a fair amount, but I can imagine there's lots that just slip past me um from things I've forgotten or episodes I've not watched much or whatever. And just this episode, I was like, I get that one. I get that one. Oh, it's the salamanders. Ha <laughs> ha. That's, oh, it's a Borg salamander. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Even the, like the ones that are like really niche, like the clarinet inside the macrovirus. Like I was like, I get that one. Yeah. <laughs> usually I... I miss those sort of, those sort of references. Cause I, you know, it usually goes over my head, but that one, I was like, I actually understand it. <laughs> yeah. I just cried laughing when that was up. <laughs> Cause it's just like, of course, like what, you know, it's kind of like what references didn't they get nearly by the yeah. end of it? We, I think we did every room nearly. Um, you know, we got Cargo Bay 2, we got Astrometrics, obviously Bridge, we got Sick Bay, um, we got the the oft mentioned but rarely seen Shuttle Bay. Um, oh, it was so much fun. Also, I do want to shout out as well to Lynn. I do enjoy accurate labels, I just really liked her in this one, and <laughs> and also just just the Constant reminders of, wow, Janeway did not around. Yeah, yeah. No. I tell you what, I did find really funny, like just little things, like when they were moving the mannequins around and they put the Janeway mannequin down and her legs were crossed because it's just such a typical Janeway move to sit there with her legs crossed in the captain's <laughs> yeah. seat. And I was like, the mannequin's got its legs crossed. <laughs> I, I did like the whole rolling theme of them being like, oh, she just killed them. <laughs> she just, she just yeah. trap killed them. What are we going to do? Oh, I don't know. She just killed them. But then the reminder, like, we're not in the Delta Quadrant. We can ask for help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. No, I love it so much. It's just like, okay, we, we have, you know, assuming that Tillips doesn't do the exact same computer search that I just did. Oh, my. <laughs> oh. Something I liked about this episode, and with just Lower Decks in general, is the pacing it's it's fun to have a star trek show that the pacing is just much quicker like you have them being like like you said oh i hope they don't find out that what um janeway did and then you cut to them finding out what janeway did and then and then it moves on from there whereas i'm so used to 40 50 minute episodes where i'm like okay i know what's going to happen but i've got to wait 20 minutes till we get to that point so <clears throat> that's nice yeah i agree like yes um and it is it's fun <laughs> The only thing, I mean, I'm I'm gonna say it now. This is gonna sound like a complaint, but like we're two episodes in. It's a ten episode season, and we have an indeterminate break between the end of Lower Decks and I suppose the next one is gonna be the start of Star Trek Discovery, uh, which all we know is it's 2024. As of right now, we don't have a release date. It's like it's really quick and pacey, and it's gonna be over so quickly. So everyone enjoy yeah. Lower Decks while you can. Well, that's the other annoying thing is releasing two episodes in one go. I really wish they didn't. Mm. I just want one episode. Yes. And I and think it's... that the Voyager episode in itself was so much of a 
there's so much to it that they could have afforded to just release that one and people could have yeah. sat with that one for a week and it wouldn't have mattered. It felt like such a classic Lower Decks episode and such a strong way to start. I was like, why give us two? Because the thing with Lower Decks, when you watch, when you binge like a cartoon like that, things start merging together. And I'm, I've been struggling this mo- just this morning going like, wait, did that joke happen in this episode or did that happen in that episode? Um, so Paramount, stop trying to prove to us that you're good. We don't buy it. <laughs> just give us one episode at a time. <laughs> they're oh, trying to win us back like it's kind of like hey look we're cool and yeah. you know i don't want to spend too much time on it because we have other things to talk about but yeah that, it, like releasing the crossover episode that bit early and releasing the two lower decks episodes you know in one go it does kind of feel like we're still cool yeah it's um, like they know we're mad at them. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's when someone, you know, you have an argument with someone, you fall out, and instead of apologizing, they buy you something. You're like, well, this is nice, but it doesn't actually change the thing you did. And uh, that's what they're doing. They're trying and to it's buy called you. creeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything with this episode that we didn't like? I have one specific thing that kind of blends in with the second episode. Not much. If I'm honest, um, loved the the swale swalens gag. I'm still laughing about. You know, I want a fish. He's not oh, yeah. my best work. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That made me laugh. Was oh. this the episode that had the when the guy was you know the arms wide? Um, yes, and he was yeah. saying that like arms wide, like trying to calm them down. That was, that really made me laugh. <laughs> I love it. Like frustrated Ransom goes, Oh, Shaka, when the walls fell. Yeah. That, <laughs> that stuff's just... I pay attention. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instantly makes me laugh, that stuff. Well, the one thing I wasn't sure of, and I should say that I think they're doing a specific thing, but at the moment, because I don't know what thing they're doing, I'm a bit like, What's this? So, the very ending of this episode, you have that unknown ship destroy. Klingons, mm. right? It just blasts them all away. Well, surely you'd like that, Tom. You, uh, well, you, we know yeah. how you feel about Klingons. Uh, <laughs> did you? Did, did, did a single joyful tear run down <laughs> yeah. your face? Yeah. The episode ended. I just clapped in bed. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So that happened, and I like I, I like the whole section, and it ends with like the, sort of the Klingon, whatever you'd call that, sigil or whatever on the ship, um, sort of fly past. And then the beginning of the next episode starts with the exact same thing, but with the Romulans. Um, mm. And uh, I mean the exact same thing. It ends with the exact same shot of their symbol on the ship flying past. I was like, this feels like you just took the same animation. You didn't change the thing. And I just was like, I understand they're doing the, this is the big thing in this season and we're going to put it in here and there. And it also fits with, you know, how of the Star Trek films began with that sort of thing happening especially to the Klingons get show the Klingons getting screwed over and then you know that it's a bad thing but because I don't know what it is I thought it was strange to end an episode and begin the next episode that I watched directly afterwards because they released them at the same time with the exact same animation and the exact same thing happening I was like okay I get it but what that was it really what? that was anything <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> That's the uh, point. What is the point? You're supposed to think what and then watch to find out. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't so much like, oh, what's happening? It was more like, 
okay, I don't know what's happening, and I know I'm not supposed to know what's happening, but why why show the exact same mm. animation of that thing? Like, is I'm wondering, is there a specific reason that they're showing the symbol on the ship? So I th- so my theory is that we're going to get, you know, Cardassian Ferengi, hopefully not Borg, please, for the love of God, let them yeah. sleep. Um, but, you know, and it's going to be like a, because I don't know, my, my my hot take is they're not being killed, they're being collected. Like very, like like you were saying, motion right. picture, kind of like V'ger thing. Yeah. And this is like, each of the logos are like, almost like gym badges. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would be, and if that is the reason, then I'm like, okay, that's great. But you're right. I mean, it's the exact same animation, just like yeah, yeah. painted over. I, I think I'd have been fine with it if it was like, you know, end of episode one happens, end of episode three or four happens, rather than straight after each other. Or even if it happened at the end of episode two, not like you're watching them back to back and you go, oh, that's the end of episode one and the beginning of episode two. It's like, yeah, I just yeah. saw that. <laughs> or if the animation was slightly different, where like, you know, the Klingon one happens and you go, oh, this is exciting. And then the Romulan one happens and you go, oh, it's the exact same thing. Where if it was a, something else happened that was, you know, a bit grander, then I would have been like, oh, this is still exciting rather than like, I get it. This is, and I'm only saying this because I don't I don't want us to go away from Stranger, Stranger Worlds and then go to Lower Decks and go, we loved it. I love when they did this. And they, I, I, the, the, the things to criticize are much more minute because it's a different kind of show. Um, but I think it's important for me to keep up my brand and find something to complain about. I like it. No, I'd rather yeah be be consistent. Be consistent. I'd love, <laughs> yeah, I'd love you to drop two tens for this one. But, uh, <laughs> but also, if you give it any less than an eight, the moops he's going to eat you. Sorry, drink your bones. <laughs> okay, no, were you just asking about things we didn't like? And it wasn't necessarily that I didn't like it, but as I've said, lower decks for me, I'm generally not a big fan of the kind of young adult cartoon shows in general which is why Lower Decks hasn't been one that I've gone instantly I need to watch that one you know it's one of course I am going to watch it and and having watched these episodes and the crossover with Strange New Worlds my interest is peaked but I it's not something that I generally enjoy very much and so watching it I think what drew me in the most was the voyagerness of it as opposed to it being Lower Decks and then maybe I just prefer kind of more serious things I think I started to lose, they lost me a little bit when there was so many two Vixers being made. I got to a little bit of a point where I was like, this is what Lower Decks is, but this is what it is about these kind of shows that loses me a little bit. The yeah. kind of over silliness of it, if you it, like. It ramps up to a point where you're like, okay, everything's mad, I get it. But yeah. That's sort of it, yeah. And I and I completely get that that is the nature of Lower Decks. And I think it's more of a personal preference that that's not necessarily my kind of vibe in terms of what I would choose to watch in a television program. But I also think that that's the point of Star Trek has so many different types of shows that that's okay if one doesn't appeal as much as another, because there's so much to choose from. And that's kind of the point of this one. It doesn't appeal to everyone, but here, watch this instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sorry, I totally agree. Like that's part of the fun of Star Trek. You know, there is things you won't enjoy. You know, there is things that won't click with you the way others will. You know, we've had this since the next generation came along. They'll be like, you know, ah, oh, listen, you know, I prefer the original series. That, that's fine. I like that the humor of Lower Decks, which I do, I I do quite enjoy this. You know, if you prefer animation without that kind of humor, you have both Prodigy 
and you have the animated series as well that don't have this kind of humor um or that's, if you yeah well no that's that that's kind of where i was at because i had a similar mindset i'm animation in general is not something that really appeals to me as as a whole but i also know that that was my initial thought with prodigy as well and then i watched prodigy and was pleasantly surprised and really really enjoyed it so I'm by no means look at Lower Decks and think, well, I'm not going to like it. I'm not even going to try it. And having seen a few few episodes now, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm definitely willing to to watch it. I'm not going to go, no, not watching that. It's too silly, not watching it. I will watch it and I won't not enjoy it. It's just, yeah, I think it's just not my cup of tea as much as others are. Which I think is fair. So you're, sh- so you're no crack. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, no, that's totally obviously fair and valid. Um, what did you think of I Have No Bones Yet I Must Flee? Liked it. I, I either liked it slightly less, I think, than the first one. And again, especially having them right next to each other, it's easier mm. to be like, how do I feel about this one compared to this one? I felt the pacing was slightly off compared to the first one. It was a bit, I don't know. I just wanted things to move a bit differently. Um, and I think that might just be the case of of how the episode is laid out, you know, we go to this one place and then there's this one problem. Yeah, it felt a bit more, I don't know, a classic second episode, right, of a show of you have the main thing to kick things off and then you slow things down a little bit and it's like these characters are dealing with these problems. It's more of like a character thing of Boimler has finally been given something he wants all his life, but now he has to go in a room that was blinding him the entire time, which I thought was great. Um, and then Mariner uh, deals with her constantly trying to make herself not be promoted, all that kind of stuff. Great, interesting stuff. But because of it, just the pacing was slightly less for me, which I didn't enjoy as much. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, I, I get what you mean. It's a classic kind of second episode. Um, and I, I liked as well. I like, I liked their separate stories. Um, I just really, I'm, I made the point in the ups and downs that for me, I really liked that where, where it looks like we're getting classic season one Mariner and like, you know, kind of, oh my God, how many times is Mariner going to, you know, like how long until they kick her out of the service? Yeah. And no, because Ransom's just like, you realize I see what you're doing, like, you know, and then she's like, oh yeah, why do I do this? I'm like, ah, yeah. this is how uh- you show growth. I was so happy when she was like, oh, I don't know why I do this. I was like, oh, thank it. If she was just going to continue being like, I don't do this. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, we can't just do this for an entire season again. So no, I was happy about that. I think going into it, I was a little, this is the one I was a little bit more like, okay, I'm going to have to really pay attention here. Because yeah. obviously the two Vicks, I went in knowing it was Voyager and I was like, I'm excited. I'm going to like it anyway, because it's all the Voyager stuff. Whereas this one, I was like, okay, right. All the parts that you liked about the first one are gone now. So now you've actually got to pay attention to what you like and dislike about this episode. Yeah. Um, so obviously having not seen much, there were parts of it, you know, listening to you two just talk about that growth of Mariner there was really interesting because I didn't have that context watching it. So I was a bit like, what is she doing? Why yeah. is she doing this? So that made a lot more sense. I, But again, I like that. I, I do. There are parts of it that I love, like the mockery of that TNG leotard moment. I mean, I got that reference. <laughs> <laughs> And that was hilarious. And I was like, okay, right. Now, see, there are parts of this I enjoy. Um, what I couldn't get past was Naj. Was that his name? Naj. Naj, yeah. All I could think of the entire time was of the bananas in pajamas. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. The entire time. 
And then they said he was a tree, and I was like, no, he's not. Yeah, he's was, a banana. He's, he's clearly a banana. <laughs> he's not a tree. Yeah, I, I, I like how now she's just like, you know, do you imprison everything you love? Of course. It's like you don't. Okay. <laughs> you do you, Nash. You do you. Oh, oh, we've danced around it for too long. Moopsie. 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 Yeah, I'm gonna admit something, guys. I hate Moopsie. <laughs> Goddamn, hate Moopsie. Is that because Moopsie is behind you right now? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I do. Uh, I feel like it was a bit predictable, but again, that might be lower decks in 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 general. I just have. I don't know if you guys remember, like when Rick and Morty was like on the first like episode, first season or first two seasons, which just I don't really like Rick and Morty, but when it was on, there was a character I used to watch it a bit. There was a character called Mister Meeses, and it they just say Mister Meeses over and over again, and it was this kind of and I hate cartoon characters. It's like Minions. It's like oh, you're making your own Minion now. You're making your little cute thing that just repeats the same noise over and over again, so you can make toys of it and sell it to children. I don't want it. <laughs> So I found it really irritating, and I knew everyone was going to like it and say Meepsy over and over again, which, as you can tell, has happened so far in this podcast. Meepsy. <laughs> well, there you go. That was Grandad's idea of uh, what this episode was about. <laughs> okay, Grandad, let's get you back to bed. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I can see I can see your point. I do kind of get it. But I also feel like, as I said, it was kind of predictable. It was like, oh, here's this cute creature. It's not going to be cute for long. It's like, yeah. to me, it's like that Puss in Boots thing, you know, when he goes all cute and then it draws them all in and then attacks everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of like, okay, here we go. But, um, I mean, he was cute. Yeah. He was. Yeah, for a murder, uh, you know, Pokemon, he was. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually so- quite scary when... When he was sucking everyone's bones out, I was like, "Oh, that's actually really horrible." Someone on Twitter compared him to an adipose. <laughs> I was yeah. like, "I mean, adipose don't suck your bones; they they literally are your bones." <laughs> like, yeah, it was like they do convert you, and you know, through which it, it's great if it's like one at a time. But remember what happened to that poor girl? Yeah, yeah. What's worse, turning into adipose or being? Drained by Moopsy. Add a pose for a photo. Wow. <laughs> this guy. This guy right here. <laughs> no one can hear my grin, which is a shame. I also want to say, uh, the amount of times that I'm editing the podcast, and it just sounds like I'm laughing to myself like a maniac, other people are laughing, but lots of people's microphones in this don't pick up when they're laughing, so it just sounds like I'm going, <laughs> all the time. But we're all having a good time, okay? It's just my microphone picks it up. Um, can I sound like a clever bastard for a second? Yes, please yes, do. you can. Uh, which probably a lot of people have already figured out, but I Have No Bones, Yet I Must Flee is a play on a short story, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, which is written by Harlan Ellison, who wrote the original Seat on the Edge of Forever for TOS. That's clever and fun. There you go. <laughs> that is clever and fun. I am proud of you. Thank you. And you get a gold star for the day. Thank yeah. you. You that are is quite star cool. of the week. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I saw it, when I when they were first releasing, uh, or or slash not actually releasing, I don't really know the titles of the episodes, and I saw that, and my brain was like, ah! But I was like, I'll wait till the actual episode comes on, and I can I can do my one QI fact of the week and then <laughs> sit the rest of it out. Uh, but yeah, because yeah, I, I'm I'm glad that they they uh, honored the lovely Harlan Ellison because Harlan Ellison did not love what they did to no. the Edge of Forever. <laughs> 
Right. It's like, yeah, listen, you mean Cordwain or Bert? No, okay. Um, <laughs> that's really cool. I want to go. I, okay, I'm going to go and read that story now today. And I, yeah, it's cool. He was a cool guy. Well, he made some cool stories. He was a lunatic, <laughs> but he made some cool that stories. That is true. I think that is very fair. Yeah. 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 Like this, this was another one where it was spot the reference. So this menagerie is all yeah. these different alien uh, things, which I definitely, I didn't spot all the references because there's just fair play to so many. I was sitting there in, <laughs> sitting in a hotel in Birmingham with, you know, the article in front of me when I was trying to write it. And I was going through memoryalpha.com and I was like, Sky Snake, where do I know Sky Snake? For- oh yeah, Lower Deck Season. Okay, that's right. Okay, yeah. there's this one, there's this one. Um, and yeah there's uh, my I, search history is very strange at the moment <laughs> i would uh yeah let's not get into that i would uh <laughs> i would see uh things in this episode where i go oh okay i know that's a reference to something but i don't know what it is and i have to try and ignore it i'm like i know that's a thing but i don't know what it is and i'm not letting you distract me from the episode <laughs> my i found brain. myself doing that as well as like <laughs> the voyage ones i got whereas this one they were walking past all the things and i was going I know all these things are references to something, but yeah. I it, it's going over my head. <laughs> what do you think of the fact they're all promoted? I like that. I was like, cool. They, they can't be one thing forever. I mean, they can do. It's a cartoon. But the fact that they've decided that they can change things, I think, is quite nice. Yeah. yeah I mean, even though it's season four and I wasn't aware of the, the journey they'd been on, even I was kind of like, look, by season four, you kind of expect a bit of progression. Unless yeah. You're- Harry Kim, in which case, you know, seven yeah. years and you can stay an ensign. But I was kind of expect kind of like, oh, okay, so there's some progression here. What I will say, I think maybe it speaks for the faster pace of Lower Decks, but I feel like it would have been interesting to explore Rutherford staying as an ensign for a bit longer, just to explore that yeah. a little bit more than just within one episode, him just asking for it. And I, I get that that's a kind of joke and it's the, the tongue-in-cheek of Lower Decks, but I think it could have been interesting to explore that a little bit further. I do agree with you. I have to say, though, I just loved the, the throwaway. I wish I hadn't thrown, turned down all those promotions <laughs> yeah. because of all four of them, you would well believe he is the one that would have been promoted first. Okay, brace ourselves. Tom, <laughs> episode one. Okay, so episode one. Now, let me explain this slightly again for <laughs> people. When I watch Lower Decks, Lower Decks is the kind of show, and I don't know if my mic's going to pick this up, but you know when you watch like a comedy or something and you love it, but it makes you do this. (laughs) And that's basically it. it, Lower Decks is that show for me, right? It's a show of, (laughs) and because of that, you know, I don't feel super strongly one way or the other. It's just the perfect middle ground. So I'm going to give it a strong six for the first episode um, for two Vex, which I think is a good starting off point. Mm. Okay. Ellie? Yeah, so I'm a bit similar. I didn't have really a point of reference to to rate these against, and I'm also agree it's one of those ones where it's so different that I'm like, I don't, I'm not quite sure how to approach this. Um, but I will say that because of my feelings towards Voyager, I think that even if I had seen all of all of Lower Decks to this point, Two Bix was always going to be one that I would probably rate as one of my favourite ones just because it was Voyager. So it was a good yeah. one for me to start on. Um, but at the same time, the nature of Lower Decks is not something I'm massively drawn to. So um, I gave it an eight because I, I know that it would be my favorite one, regardless yeah. as to whether I've seen them or not, because it's because it's Voyager related. Yeah, it was it was perfectly made for you to come out of this time 
yeah. you know, not long after you finishing your favorite series, they were like, here, okay, here you go. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. It was yeah, it was uh it was fun for Ellie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really get annoyed at just reference heavy episodes. So for me, it was three. <laughs> um, uh, no, I had so much fun with this one. And I mean, the actual, the realization of Voyager itself in animation is just so well done. The and attention so to detail. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to say that a lot of the ship stuff I really liked, I really enjoyed. Mm. I thought the yeah. Klingon uh, ship looked great. And that's coming from me. So. <laughs> Uh, no, I agree. And actually, I love the uh, the Lower Decks Klingon theme tune because uh, that one played a lot in Wage Douche as well, So, I, which I had kind of forgotten until I heard it again in this episode. So I really like that music. Uh, for me, um, I laughed my way through the episode. I loved all the deep cuts. Um, I was sad that we didn't get like Michael McKean or Martin Rayner. Um but these people have careers and I presume they were busy um, yeah. and uh, possibly were expensive. Um, but just the sheer amount of talk about the on the nose, like uh, it's called two vixing someone like, <laughs> just, like we haven't even had a chance to discuss really tulips and all that. Uh, for me, I la- I'm, I'm going to give it a nine. That's fair. That's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> I know who I am. Here, just wrote, wrote <laughs> <down> Mark, <laughs> Tom's face. You need to call me Martin. Are we all the same? I team? did need it because I'm, really, <laughs> I'm looking at something on my screen that says the word Martin, and I'm just like, will he pick up on that? Pick <laughs> up on this, folks. <laughs> yeah. And that's why he's a very good editor because he spots the little details. Yeah, because I'm petty. Uh, okay, uh, episode two. I have no bones yet. I must flee. Uh, I guess I'll go first. I'm rating it a strong five um, because I kind of have to. I rated the first one a strong six, and I like this one slightly less. Doesn't mean I hated it. I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Um, just as I said, the pacing was slightly off for me compared to the first one. So, strong five. Again, was a little unsure how to approach it, um, but there wasn't anything anything about it that I necessarily disliked. But there wasn't necessarily lots about it that I was like, this is brilliant. So I I gave it a six. Right. Uh, and then I will continue my uh, trend of scoring it slightly higher than you, but I would go seven. Um, really enjoyed it. I'm not over the whole moopsie of it all yet. Um, <laughs> and... Moopsie. Moopsie. <laughs> um, and I just thought it was a lot of fun. Plus, there's a whole side episode of how on earth they managed to get a Hakoni and land eel into captivity because you know like for every one that gets captured 10 or 11 hogans get eaten see this is why this show is made for you because that sentence made literally no sense to me (laughs) oh tom (laughs) and now it's time for the news wow that voice didn't break at all (laughs) staying in Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For over two centuries, you're listening to the Federation News Network. The, the news around this episode will all focus on the fact that Star Trek Day 2023, so the 8th of September, has just gone by. Um, and I want to start with some positive. There was, there was a nice-ish retrospective kind of look at the franchise. There was a special hosted by Jerry O'Connell uh, featuring, we had a little segment with Tony Newsom and Eugene Cordero. Um, so... The, the, so the three of us here, we were not able to attend any of the cinemas. There were cinema screenings of uh, some Lower Decks episodes, including Tuvix. And we were not able to attend those for various reasons. Um, and the special that was screened at the cinema was a little different from the special that was released online. Name, namely, the one at the cinema did reference and include Star Trek Prodigy, whereas the one online completely removed Prodigy. The only reference, and you'd have to be looking for it, is that um, at one point, Jerry O'Connell says that the basically the number of spin-off series, the number, he says, has to include Prodigy by the count. That's it. And that, and, and it was, um, I, you know, I did a bit of a mm, less than pleased rant about it line because mm-hmm. I was I was watching it going like, this is actually like, this has gone beyond disrespectful. So I was, I guess, pleasantly surprised when I heard that it actually was included in the cinema releases. So uh, I suppose a slight update to my rant, you know, great that it was included there, but for the officially released online where most of, uh, Ellie, as you said before we started recording, as where most of the world is going to have access to this special, the fact that Prodigy was not mentioned at all, I mean, I just kind of went, I, I, I'm in the very annoyed camp at this point. I think the thing that almost feels the most insulting is the fact that it was so advertised as the celebration of Star Trek animation and to not include Prodigy in a celebration of animation. You know, if you're talking about Star Trek as a whole, there's a lot to cover. But if you're talking about specifically animation and you've completely ignored an entire series, that's where it almost feels like the way that they've completely just it's like it feels like it's been blacklisted. It almost feels like something they've done something wrong, which yeah. isn't the case at all. But the way that they've gone about it makes it feel like there's something we don't know about, and it, it makes it feel personal in a way. <laughs> it's like it's like um, Prodigy's not just been cancelled, but it's been like 
Twitter cancelled. <laughs> like they're not allowed to speak about it anymore. <laughs> that's to be fair. That's actually a good point. Like it's like oh, well, we can't talk about it. Um, now someone did raise the point online that what was released online was Paramount Plus only, as in it was Paramount's uh, page. It was Paramount's uh, YouTube account, whereas. I believe CBS actually curated the special and put it out. So when CBS did the screenings of Lower Decks, it was included. Um, right. It just, it, 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 it's, you know, uh, it's not available for streaming anymore. And uh, there is definitely things we are not aware of. Like, I, I, we can't be because we're not in the room. We don't know the news. And I know this is going to seem like an odd place to plug this, but... We're delighted to say that we have a podcast episode coming up with Aaron Waltke, who is co-executive producer on season two of Star Trek Prodigy. He is a co-head writer, a story editor on Star Trek Prodigy. So we have a podcast episode with him coming out. We're really, really super excited to share this with you. Um, and d- No, sorry, by the way, he is not about to say, here's all the secrets of Star Trek Prodigy. No, he's a, <laughs> we tried. Yeah, well, oh, 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 we tried. No, there are things going on that we as a general audience, will never be privy to because it's just the nature of the industry. Um, but at one point, I will say, I did put him as like, this kind of feels personal. And he just kind of went, it's not. You know, I I, I get it. And like he, but, you know, if anyone's going to take it personal, it's going to be the people who create the show. And he's like, it's not personal. Mm. Like, just put that yeah. out there. No, I, was, I will say that I saw a comment as well that obviously because of the strikes, this Star Trek day was a little bit different to previous mm. ones. Um, and somebody did make the comment that the whole 20 minutes that got released felt more like a celebration of Paramount Plus than it did of Star Trek. It was more kind of let's advertise Paramount Plus with the Star Trek angle as opposed to let's celebrate Star Trek, which I kind yeah. of agree with. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking with it is, you know, there's various questions. Like I was going to ask, like, you know, why would they... Sh- show it at the cinema but not talk about it online but then you said it's cbs that did it so that's makes more sense so you know are there legal reasons why they're not talking about it um is it just because that they've done this to advertise their own star trek shows that they have on paramount so they're not advertising the one they don't have anymore if that's the case lame i said the other day on one of the previous podcasts where sean asked me what what would you like to see with the uh, Star Trek Day stuff, and I said it'd be nice for it to not be so corporatey. And here we are having a very corporate thing of like we're not showing this one, we're not talking about it, we're just advertising the ones that we have. And so, like, well, this isn't a celebration of Star Trek. This is like you said, a celebration of your own channel. So it did. It did feel sucks. a little bit like um, there was a comment that Jerry O'Connell did make about there's Star Trek for all the family and the way he worded it did make it seem as though he had actually mentioned Prodigy and that had been cut from the edit because Mm -hmm. otherwise that comment doesn't really fit you know Prodigy is that part of Star Trek that is what's for the for the kids as as well as other people as all audiences but primarily aimed at, at a younger audience and the fact that he said that made it seem to me like oh, okay, so maybe they did talk about it. And like you said, it's been a corporate decision to just completely disregard it. What I will say, though, is because Star Trek Day decided to completely disregard Prodigy, um, some lovely people over on Twitter have decided that we should make October 28th Prodigy Day um, because that was the day that the first episode of Prodigy premiered. So if official Star Trek Day is not going to acknowledge it, we'll acknowledge it ourselves. I support. I thoroughly, thoroughly support. 
So put that in your calendar, folks. 28th of October. (laughs) Put that in your Star Trek pipe and smoke it. (laughs) What about the actual episode then that they released on Star Trek Day? What do we what do we think of that? What what was it called again? Star Trek Short Shorts or what was it? Very short treks. Very short treks, yeah. This one was called To Skin a Cat. Okay. Uh, I thought it was silly. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Um, there has been um, I, silly I good or silly bad. Bit of both. Silly. <laughs> yeah. Just silly. Like you know, is it something I'm going to watch again? Eh, maybe. You know, if it's if it comes on, you know, is it something I particularly disliked? Nah, not really. Um, you know, it's like, and you know, I, I love like the the trailer for it says, Haha, definitely not canon." I was like, "Yeah, of course not." The Enterprise explodes. Spoiler. <laughs> um, yeah, like there there was a bum and a screw. Serving, yeah. uh, uh, you know, water refinement. Like I love that. Like you know, do you really need a console on the bridge? The water pen. It's like you were saying. Like <laughs> I, it's just, it was just silly. Um, and I yeah, there's been um, a, a lot of discussion about it online, as there tends to be, uh, which is fine. Uh, about it is clearly very much poking fun at how idioms, the meaning of them, change over time, and like. Yeah, the phrase to skin a cat probably would be highly offensive to occasion. Yeah. Um, you know, I can yeah, I I I I get that. Or bigger fish to fry. When that I have to say when that one when you say bigger fish to fry and the aquatic crewman turn around, I have to I did snort quite loudly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although my brain, this is how my brain works the whole time. I was just like, I'll just explain where it comes from. Just explain that it. it's not an actual cat, it's the cat of nine tails and that's but um <laughs> that's just my that's the nature of all in. things watching on TV, though. It's like when you watch a horror film and they they do all the things that you, they shouldn't do, and you're like, just call the police. Yeah, just, just walk away. Or if you Actually, watch, that's, yeah, if you watch like any any soap, uh, most TV shows, but especially soap operas, um, everything, every drama in that show is based on people not communicating or explaining themselves to each other. Mm-hmm. And are you watch just go just tell them the thing, and then this won't happen. It's so stupid. But yeah. that's just that's just a thing that happened in my brain when I was watching it. I I did watch it, and I think I agree. It was silly, in a good way and a bad way. I mean, I di- I didn't turn it off, but I kind of went. This is the direction we're going in to celebrate the animation of Star Trek. Uh, yes, if this is supposed to be a celebration, and I feel like it's more of a mockery than a celebration. So I was yeah. a little bit confused as I, because I hadn't done much. I was like, oh, I need to watch that. And I watched it and I was like, is this serious or is this a joke? <laughs> I'm not sure how I'm supposed to take this. I'm pretty sure it's not serious. No, but I wasn't <laughs> sure to start with. When I first put it on, I was kind of expecting like, you know, like previous shorts we've seen or like the animated series or like a, a, a serious story as such. And was kind of like, oh. This is not what I was expecting, and I'm not sure if I pref- if I like it or not. Yeah, when I when it finished, I just was like, okay, <laughs> that was kind of my takeaway from it. I was like, that was a thing that we made. Um, I didn't hate it. I know a lot of people, like we said, a lot of people online hate it. I also didn't like it very much. Um, I I thought the joke was funny for a moment, and then it ran thin quite quickly. Yeah, um, I think yeah. it started funny when it was you know the cat the fish then when yeah. it started to get to the really unbelievable kind of two that's when it started to breach going a bit too far and i was like yeah. really do we need an, a knickers person <laughs> do we need i, a <laughs> I quite liked um uh pete holmes was the guy who played um mm. kirk and i thought his 
his interpretation of him just having a freak out was quite funny. I did, I enjoyed that for a moment. I was like, oh, P. Holmes should do more animation. He'll be he'll be a cool character in Lower Decks or something. Like having him voice something in that. Um, but it was nice yeah. to have Ethan Peck as as yeah. Spock. Yes, his very distinct voice as well. Like immediately, I was like, oh, okay, this they've got the actual people involved here. This is maybe it is serious. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite bit was seeing the TAS style intro with the Enterprise flying yes. and having the, yeah. the the kind of the rainbow thing behind it. Uh, I I did enjoy that. Now I must say, well, that, um, that's because it felt like a celebration. That that yeah. felt like they were going, look, it's it's the Star Trek animation, but for the new thing, so we're celebrating it. I, I think the problem is we're gonna. What we need is more of these, right? We're getting more of these. There's, they've yes. made a bunch of them, and. I think because we've just got one, I imagine that this one they just decided on, oh, let's just do this one joke for three minutes and it will just escalate. Well, I'm assuming the other ones will be slightly different. You know, it won't just be the same thing. It will be more of a title, like a small sketch of like a bunch of stuff happening rather than just the same joke. So it'd be interesting to see basically what they do. Is that it for news? Well, I just want to reiterate uh the podcast that we did with that you guys did with aaron and having edited it i just want to say that it is good i also believe it will be out before this episode so if you haven't listened to it yet slash if it's not out yet uh make sure you do because it is very a very interesting listen i think it was a very interesting conversation i felt like a lot of the conversation that we had with him i felt as if I'd been a fly on the wall in the writer's room. The way he describes the way mm-hmm. that they created the show is mm. so detailed and so passionate that I genuinely feel like I've been in the room witnessing it. Yeah. And he's one of those people where you just go, you know, you give him one question and you just let him go. He's, he'll he'll tell you everything. So let's hear from you. We're going to go to our lovely favourite section, hashtag Ask Trek Culture. <laughs> Yes, um, we have a few questions today to end the episode on. Remember, guys, to send hashtag AskTrekCulture on Twitter for your questions, and I may read them now or later. Uh, We have a question that we got sent just before the last episode went out, which I really liked, but I was like, just hold off, and I will read it. Um, This is from our classic friend, at Wayne Voto. Voto. Not allowing Star Wars and Doctor Who what is your favorite non-Star Trek sci-fi franchise and why? 12 Monkeys. When I read that question, I knew Ellie was going to be on. I went, Ellie's going to say 12 Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I got asked this question the other day. It might have been the same person. Um, 12 Monkeys. Why? Because it's one of the very few time travel shows that ties every loose end perfectly and doesn't leave anything <laughs> That you're like, what about that? You've completely ignored that. It, it ties everything so well and it was planned so perfectly that it just it's just brilliant. I really enjoyed it. I forced Sean to watch it and I think he enjoyed it too. <laughs> oh, I very much did. I very much did. Um, As is your name. For, 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 yeah, exactly. yeah. You can tell the coffee's starting to wear off. Um my favorite non-Trek sci-fi is easy answer for me, the reimagined Battlestar Galactica. It is one of the best, in my opinion, it's one of the best series that's been produced, certainly post 2000. 
um and in the in the climate i mean it's so realistic for a show that has robots and it's in space and everything it is very much how i can see humanity acting if it was out in space it's just absolutely incredible and massive shout out for the incredible score by bear mccreary this is like 20 years ago and like his star has just exploded since then um oh sorry but yeah but uh reimagined Battlestar galactica um all of this has happened before and all of this will happen again um for me i i believe it's franchise because there's two films there's a book it's based on i think there's even an animation um and there's probably a bunch of other stuff as well it's uh blade runner it's my oh, favorite nice. sci-fi yeah um i like my sci-fi boring and violent um so <laughs> <laughs> that's what i get from it um for me i've never watched anything else that not only in terms of the you know uh amazing practical effects especially for the first one um but i've never seen anything that captures a tone and vibe um of like a noir setting better than any noir film i've seen like blade runner really does put me in a world uh much more so than a lot of sci-fi that you know does every crazy thing imaginable can do so that's for me it's blade runner i look i don't love the original but if you're talking about world building i mean you could show me a still from any moment of that film and i'd be like that's blade runner like it's so distinct yeah 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 blade runner is the the original blade runner is my uh go to sleep film i put it, if i'm like struggling to go to sleep <clears throat> i'll put it on because the mood and tone of that again even when it's like violent and horrible it's just so dreamlike and and magical to me that i'm just like yeah um like i said whenever i, I an episode of star trek i like i always fall asleep to it it's the same with blade runner it's the same with apocalypse now i have a weird taste in things i fall asleep to um Okay, our last question is from the luckiest man in the world. It's from at the big guy eighty six. Um, hashtag Ask Trek Culture. Has this been the best twelve months for Star Trek in decades? Possibly, I might might say yeah. I mean, we've had between seasons one and two of Strange New World, season three of Picard. Um, you know, we've had you know Prodigy. We've had you know some absolutely flipping brilliant discovery the announcement of section 31 i think there is it's been like if it isn't the best it's the busiest you know yeah. um that's, that's... I, th- I think i think it's up there yeah i would say it's also been one of those years where it's had a good balance of bringing in fresh audiences but also it's had a lot of stuff that's appealing to um, like original audiences as well. It's got a lot of that nostalgia to it. So I feel like it's been very successful in bringing in the widest audience as well and appealing to the most people. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I agree with, I think it being the busiest definitely is what it is more so. And, and depending on whether you think that's good or not is up to you, but I think the busiest is, is for sure. And, you know, for me, starting with, Picard season three, depending on how you feel about it, like it's, it didn't work for everybody. I feel like Picard season three was like a a slight pivot in the mindset for Star Trek at the moment, and like it definitely brought a lot of people back to to, to new Star Trek, and it um, 
again, this might just be how I see it, but I felt like it shifted a mood. Um, and from there, we've been like, not everything's great, as we know, um, that's been going on with Star Trek, but it definitely made it feel, I don't know, different, which I think is a good thing. So it's, it's been a, for me, it's been a different 12 months for Star Trek. I would compare the buzz around season three of Picard to what we have at the moment with Doctor Who. And it's that kind of mm. no using the nostalgia of a of of you know knowing what works and what fans enjoy to kind of draw them back in again. Um, which yeah. is what's happened obviously with with David Tennant and Catherine Tate returning and, and Russell T. Davis. Um and I would say that's a similar thing that they did with with Picard season three, knowing what will draw in an audience, knowing what people want to see and using that to their advantage. I think that brings us up to time on this week's episode. Uh, Ellie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, My pleasure. I I would say we got you up and out of bed lovely and early this morning. I think we started recording at like half 10 in the morning. Anyway, but still. Um, Everyone, thank you so much. As always, you can follow us on the socials and you can follow us at Trek Culture on Twitter, at Trek Culture YT on Instagram. Do if if you're listening to this and you haven't already had a chance to listen to our episode with Aaron Walkie, that will be available on the same locations that you can get this podcast. So make sure you go and have a listen. Um, it was a real treat to get to speak to him and to hear some of the the wildness that's going on at the moment uh, when it comes to Star Trek Prodigy. Um, Ellie, of course, where can we find you? Where's the best place to get in touch? Um, Twitter and Instagram. Just search Ellie Littlechild and you'll find me. Lovely and wonderful. Tom, where do we find you? Yeah, Twitter and Instagram as well, um, at TC Finn or Tom Roberts Finn. Um, I also, I also, I want to plug a few things quickly because I never plug my own stuff on this and it's my goddamn podcast, so I should start doing it. Um, I have another podcast uh, that I do very rarely, but when I can, I do it, uh, called uh, Creative Roots with TC Roberts Finn. I've had Sean on it. Uh, I've had I've had Marcus on it. Um, I've had a few other people talking about Doctor Who. I've had Strax from Doctor Who on it, and a few other writers, directors, dancers, anything creative. Um, I talk to them about their lives and uh, careers in terms of creativity and art. Again, I haven't done one for a while because I've been very busy being a Trek culture now. So, but if you do think that sounds interesting, then definitely give it a a, a listen. Uh, also. As some people in Trek culture might know now, I've been writing a book for goddamn years and years, and uh, I've been currently querying for like the last two, maybe two and a half years, for a literary agent. And I thought, you know what, this is my <laughs> this is my podcast. I should try and reach out here as well. For anyone, I mean, I, sh- I know Sean knows this. For anyone who has been writing and is in that sort of sphere, uh, it's a very difficult and long process of finding an agent and all that kind of stuff. So. Guys, if you yourself or know anyone who is a literary agent or is in the publishing industry at all, I've been writing a fantasy book and would love to get in contact. Uh, so let me know. But that's that's me over. Okay, cool. So that's really cool. Uh, yeah, just absolutely have to have to just double down on that. Everyone who's ever got published ever, remember how easy it was? No. <laughs> um Everyone is awesome. Everyone is wonderful. Make sure that you live long and prosper. Make sure you look after yourselves until we're talking to you again. Um, we have just hopefully exited a heat wave. So hopefully you're all looking after yourselves and yeah. staying cool. Stay frosty, my friends. The ups and downs for the next episode of Lower Decks will be dropping on Thursday or Friday of this week. You're all awesome. And look after yourselves and we love you. 
拜拜拜。Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.